Brody's Midnight Cafe. Well, after hello. You. Oh, hello. <laughs> after you. You gave me the signal, but I gave the signal right back. I know. So. That was an Uno reverse on the That's Let's right, Start Uno Talking signal. Card. <laughs> well, hello there. Hey there. For, for all of you that are tuning in, I'm Liz. My name is Taylor. And you're listening to Brody's, Brody's Midnight, Midnight Cafe <laughs> in a Thunderstorm. That's right. By far the spookiest episode we've had. Yeah, for sure. Weather-wise, and this mm-hmm. is the first time we got our shit together and we're not recording at like 10 or 11 p.m so it's only 8 17 p.m which for us is still good that's early ish Mm -hmm. and true hopefully i won't be yawning this episode because i yawn every episode i know i do too which is why i was like you know what we're not you know 25 and 27 anymore That's right. We're we got a 26, 26 and, and 28. 28 now. <laughs> so now we have to record earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we um, are. We have had a great day. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Can't complain. Can't complain. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some yard work and yep. we had cinnamon rolls and I watched you play The Last of Us. That's right. We tried to do a fire. Did not work. Did not work. But I cut up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I finally got that tree that half fell down, um, almost all the way down. I I was like segmenting it, uh-huh. and um, my plan didn't work exactly because um, yeah, it's still the same problem basically. Like the weight of the tree would pinch the blade, so yeah. like I couldn't get the blade exactly where I wanted. So I was just like, I'm not gonna break another chainsaw. So mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, I'll just take it easy and I'll jump on the, the tree <laughs> yeah so, any lumberjacks you know. out there please send us your best advice please actually yeah i'd love some good advice i could probably look it up on a youtube video but if anyone actually knows how to how to actually do it a tree that's already all the way like fallen halfway down yeah <laughs> yeah this one had fallen and is like resting up against another tree yeah but so. like all the weight is still like there's only two points of weight it's like the base and then it's like hanging up against another tree so it's hard to get the weight to distribute somewhere else. I don't know. That's what it's all about. That's why you need like an extra leverage point when I'm, you know, chopping it up, when mm-hmm. I'm, you know, putting in, segmenting it. But all right, whatever. This At this is not point, important. that's what I was going to say. At this point, we're basically like a lumbering podcast. Like <laughs> I guess so. A forestry podcast at this mm-hmm. point with, you know, you and I's struggles in our backyard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what else is new with you? Um, let's see. Besides that, I mean, I went to the store today, got some breakfast stuff. Um, I played some golf yesterday. That was nice. Um, played with a big group of middle schoolers that were decent, but they were just like trolling each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, reminded Did me it of when take I you was back? a kid. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wasn't that good when I was in middle school. Like I'm, this is definitely the best I've ever played golf, but these kids are like, I don't know probably they're not they weren't better than me but like they were they were so much better than when I was that age so yeah yeah which is like it's kind of normal like you know because basically we're club members so like they're all just kids of parents that are club members so they probably play golf like at least once a week so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I don't feel bad that they're pretty good <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah we're we're justifying them being a lot better that's right uh-huh um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was definitely not playing golf when I was in middle school. My hobbies included c- constructing things with hot glue and objects around the house. Um, mm. <laughs> I was such a cool kid. Like I, um, yeah, I, ooh, 
I used to take pencils and like, this is going to sound weird, but you, I would, I was like in my spy era when I was like 10 and 11 and I oh, yeah? used like a power drill to drill. Just like Louise from, uh, <laughs> from Bob's. Oh, Burgers. literally. Yeah. yeah. I'd take a power drill and drill into pencils so that I could hide little messages inside. No way. That's actually kind of cool. It was pretty cool. I would do like the smallest drill bit possible mm-hmm. and I wasted probably like a hundred pencils yeah, figuring sure. out how to do it. But like yeah. 10 bucks. <laughs> no, but you take the little eraser top off, drill in, and then you could hide. I didn't actually use it to cheat, but I figured out that you could. Use yeah, it I'm to sure cheat. a lot of people figured that out. Yeah, but... yeah probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah. I think when I was in middle school, I was. What was I doing? I don't think I had my Xbox yet, so I don't know. I was just being me, I guess, because I'm pretty sure I got. Oh, oh, power just flickered. Are ooh. we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. I mean, we're not locked into anything, so you and I. Okay, gotcha. We're we're just fine but we're i mean the power fine. may go out which is kind of spooky it is kind of spooky mm. um but anyways yeah back when i was in middle school <laughs> jesus this is freaky um yeah i was just i think i might have gotten my xbox when i was like 13 which is going into high school mm-hmm. so then i was obsessed with halo but before that i don't know i guess i was just like playing with rocks or like hidden fruit with a tennis racket or something <laughs> i don't know very normal things that, yeah just what a shock we ended up together <laughs> we were not the cool kids by any means i don't think i don't know that was that was really cool <laughs> well i mean you sat at the cool kids table which you've told me in the seventh grade but then i times. did not in the eighth grade so oh that's such a shame <laughs> i got demoted <laughs> yeah. like this guy keeps hitting fruits with baseball yeah, bats right. so like we don't want him at our it's table like, this anymore. guy literally doesn't even talk why is he sitting why is he us? sitting here <laughs> So anyways, oh, funny. <laughs> anyways, I wonder how much the thunder is going to show up on the microphone. I don't know, because I mean, these are directional microphones, so um, I'm sure maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little, but I mean, the thunder is from all directions, technically. So I guess so. Hmm. Very cool. So Brody trying... notices the thunder. That's oh my gosh, sure. Brody is terrified of thunder. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's in between our legs. Literally, right he now. would be on top of us if he could be. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what Good else? Boy. What else was I going to say? I'm trying to think of things that are new with me. Um, not much. School is kicking my ass yep. in a, a lot of different ways. But you know what? That's okay. We we all it's have our normal. struggles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, now basically I, I forgot. I missed a deadline for something important. And so I'm having to recoup and figure things out. But, you know, everyone has, has those days. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone makes mistakes. And we just find a way to overcome it. Oh, yeah. Bam. That was a Hannah Montana lyric for my no big deal. my mega fans out there. Yeah. We we adapt. We overcome. Um, endure and survive. Endure and survive. Cry a little. That's the last When you us, got to. By the way. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, they know what they're talking about. Um, it's from Savage Starlight, the comic that Ellie reads. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. See, I would love to play games like that. I just mm-hmm. am not. It's not my forte. Um, we can play it on like super story mode where yeah. like, you don't even have to do anything. <gasps> oh my God, I love that. Where, mm-hmm. you know, I just have to press like one button to pretty much kill yeah, my like enemies. You, you basically can't die. Okay, that's part, that's so. awesome. That would be my mm. preferred mo. Oh, I have been playing that game, um, Night in the Woods, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which is like a cozy game where you're basically like a cat that drops out of college and mm-hmm. comes home, and all this mysterious stuff starts happening. Yeah. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. It's very stylized, mm-hmm. very autumnal. Now that I mean, we're not in fall yet, but August feels like fall to me. Yeah, for sure. There was this one game that I played on Xbox. This was like probably late high school. Um, it got like really good reviews and so I didn't see any game plan. So I bought it 
<clears throat> and it's basically this game, it's called Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. So basically you are in this old English town and you you basically you don't do anything. You mm-hmm. just walk around and you kind of like walk into little like kind of spirit orbs Ooh. and and basically the spirit orb like plays like kind of like scenarios or like recordings of um people that used to live in like that neighborhood and like what they kind of like reacted to when everyone was like going through this i don't even know if it was like you know like rapture it's like everyone yeah you know gets sucked up into heaven or whatever so um it didn't look like the apocalypse or whatever but no, it just looks like normal yeah it looks like but basically like the everyone was there and then they just weren't so basically you're just walking around this town that looks like it's been abandoned but it doesn't look like anything happened there wow so it, it probably takes like 12 hours to play the whole thing but um like it's just like a no challenge it's like you're just discovering all these like little stories and like these little kind of intertwining paths and everything mm-hmm. it was a very interesting game it wasn't like my kind of preferred game maybe um, i'd like it though you might like it yeah yeah and, um it was it was very interesting very like stylized and uh-huh. everything and um yeah, and I just stumbled upon it, which is, you know, one of those cool things about video games. It's like oh, it's yeah. something that you don't expect to actually play. And then you're like, oh, that was kind of, yeah, you know, pleasantly surprising. Yeah, yeah. there was this, I think one of the more interesting games that I've played is kind of like that. It was called The Whisperer, and it was a game for, like, um, Mac or PC. But basically, like, it's a first-person POV, and you are, um, like, a, a sheriff's deputy Ooh. in, like, 1850 or 60 in the winter. Um, and you're going to this outpost to investigate a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're all by yourself the whole time just looking for clues and everything. And it turns out that it's like, you know, uh, spoiler alert, so skip forward if you want to play it. <laughs> um, I'll give you two seconds. Skip forward by 30 seconds. Yeah. Go. Okay, so basically you figure out that you think it's this person living in the woods, but it's actually like a monster. And it Ooh. like you have to try to escape it, and mm-hmm. it starts chasing you down and stuff. And so Scary. It, was, it was really good. It was surprisingly good, but it's a shorter gameplay. I played it in one sitting in like, two hours i think so mm-hmm. it's it's a good one if you're looking for very cool for something like that so okay hi welcome back for those of you who skipped forward <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, <right. laughs> uh so yeah that was our video game corner i guess mm-hmm. um, i like it so podcast announcements mm-hmm. um we uh have a couple um so we are going to be doing our side quest episode mm-hmm. um in a couple of days basically we had someone send in a really cool scary story um that from their own personal experience. So we're going to be reading that and compiling some other stories that are kind of similar to it. Um, so we'll be putting that out. It'll be a shorter little, like like we said, a yeah, side It'll be quest. A, little, a little quick episode, you know. Quickie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Quickie. <laughs> 20, 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah. And then we um, thank you for everyone who has given us good reviews on Apple Podcasts Very or Spotify. Very appreciated. Um, and what else? What else? We're in the process of putting together a Patreon. Um, so we may be publishing some private or more, um, special niche content, um, Mm -hmm. on that for people who choose to subscribe. Um, which would be awesome, which would be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's a work in progress and we'll keep you updated when we have that fully published. Um, and when there's the option to subscribe, um, anything else? Did I miss anything? That's all I got. Yeah. You got it. Uh, okay, we got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. You crushed it. Thank you the host for that. of the show. Hostess with the mostest. <laughs> That's right. And also the host with the most. That's me. That's you. Yeah. Um 
So anyways, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> should we talk about the drink for today? Yeah, let's talk about the beverage. So um, let's see. I don't know how to really jump into it, but um, basically Liz was like, hey, you know, we should really do a beer episode because there's this one beer that, that I really want us to yeah, cover. That you're really into. So we'll because, say the name mm, in a second, but okay. maybe maybe you give the hints and notes of it. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so anyways, this is from Rogue, the brewery. Um, they're very well known for their Mocha Porter, which is mm-hmm. like their flagship beer. Um, this is an IPA from them. Um, yes. I'm a big IPA fan. Um, I don't know if people, I don't know if I've talked about on the show before, but everyone that knows me knows that I pretty much drink IPAs like mm-hmm. all the time when I'm drinking beer. Um, but yeah, this is a hazy IPA from Rogue. And uh, yeah, it's kind of my go-to style. Yeah. And um, I did just want to talk briefly about, um, I don't know, a couple like tidbits and facts about, you know, IPAs and whatnot. Definitely. So um, so generally people think that, you know, IPAs were invented because the English people, you know, had pale ales and this is like, you know, mid to early 1800s, they wanted to get their pale ales to their troops that were stationed in India. And oh, so basically, yeah, they wanted to brew it in England and then put it on a ship and then, you know, travel it around Africa to get to India. That way their troops can enjoy their pale ales. Um, and the only way to do that, to make it survive that long voyage, was to add extra hops and to make it higher alcohol. But that is actually a myth. Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that's where you know a lot of people think that you know IPA kind of came from India pale ale. Um, but really, there was people were drinking pale ales in India way before the 1800s. Um, mm. Pretty sure 1760 was like the earliest date, um, and then. This one website ripped this guy to shreds about, um, let me think. His name was um, George Hodgson, who is widely credited with the invention of IPAs. But um, a lot of people um, decide to tear him down because um, he was not the first brewer of, you know, pale ales or the first person that ever made, you know, stronger pale ales in Mm -hmm. order to travel that way. Um, Basically, there is no exact date that IPAs were invented. It just kind of, it's just like one of those things that just like happened. Like it just happened to Poof. start happening, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it really can't be traced back. So people most of the time just say like, yeah, it was that guy. Like he's the one that invented it. But really during that time, you know, it's, it's London. Porters were the drink that everyone was drinking. Right. So robust, like, you know, London porters, you know, darker style beers and everything. So pale ales were drank, you know, all over the place. It's not like, you know, people... It's not like troops that were stationed in India were like, oh, let's just drink pale ales. Like, no, they were drinking porters for sure. Um, so really, there's no uh, definitive, you know, thing for IPAs or at least origin and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it is definitely the most, I don't know about the most popular style, like probably, you know, some lagers and like Chris Pilsner is going to be the most popular style. But I guess among craft breweries, especially in Georgia, IPAs and you know pale ales are definitely like you know the booming kind of interest in mm-hmm. in you know craft beer and everything. Definitely one of my favorites. So maybe I'm a basic IPA man. Um, but yeah. But anyways, there are two different styles. You know, it's like you have an American slash West Coast IPA, which is a little more like you know bitter, piney, higher alcohol generally. And then you have your East Coast or New England or hazy IPAs, which is what this style is. Typically, it uses, you know, different hops, a little more, you know, fruit forward, kind of well-rounded. And um, 
yeah, just nice and uh and fruity and easy drinking pale ale with like just still a little subtle bitterness to it, but it's not mm-hmm. nearly as hoppy as its West Coast counterparts. So there you go. That's the bat squatch. Out of the road. Oh, no, 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 we'll okay. cut that out. We'll cut that no, out. No, we won't cut it out. So the reason why so this beer is Rogue's Bat Squatch. Bat Squatch. Bat Squatch. It's their IPA and they actually chose the name Bat Squatch because all of the stories surrounding the cryptid bat squatch are Ooh. actually they said the stories are pretty hazy so is this ipa so oh that's cool yeah that's so funny because i've been drinking this beer for like a year and a half at i least. know that's and yeah yeah that's the reason i wanted to cover the bat squatch today mm. is because i've seen it in our fridge for like <laughs> yeah. a year and i've always loved the name and you know we always say bat squatch and it's just a fun can it's just i don't know it's cool it's like bat squatch i'm bat squatch i'm bat squatch <laughs> yeah i so um that being said i guess i can start us off today Please do, yeah um so, I know we've done an episode on cryptids before when we covered the Loveland Frogman, who is still my favorite little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess guys, because there's Everyone's multiple of them. Guys. Everyone's favorite little guy. He's so cute. Oh my gosh. If you haven't listened to episode three, go back and listen to it, because <laughs> that was a fun episode. Um, so anyways, yeah, we're doing another cryptid today, because I haven't covered one since Little Loveland Frogman. Um, and we're covering Bat Squatch. Nice. Yes. So... Um, you know that one scene in um, Twilight where she describes, you know, what he, what Edward is, and then he's like, he says, "Say it, out say loud. it out loud." Yes, right. <laughs> We're gonna act that out right now. Okay. I know what you are. You have yellow eyes, a dog-like muzzle, and sharp teeth. You have big bird-like feet and leathery bat wings that span up to fifty feet. <laughs> You're nine feet tall and have the ability to affect car engines and other electronics. Say it out loud. Bat Squatch. <laughs> You're Bat Squatch. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Interesting. Yes. And um, uh, there's a couple accounts. Um, mm-hmm. But um, to tell you about Bat Squatch, I actually have to talk to you first about Mount St. Helens. Mount okay. St. Helens. So, for our out of states, out of the U.S. listeners, mm-hmm. um, Mount St. Helens is a volcano located in Washington State that uh, growing up, a lot of us were very concerned would erupt at any point, um, mm. especially in our science classes. I did, yeah, I did a presentation yeah, on this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was very anxious about Mount St. Helens. <laughs> That's right. I was just really concerned, man, this is a problem for me, isn't uh-huh. it? Like, um, I was convinced it was going to erupt at any point, and it is overdue for an eruption. Um, so the it so like I said, for those out-of-state listeners, it's located in Washington State, Um and it is 52 miles northeast of Portland, Oregon, and 98 miles south of Seattle. Um, and so for those of us who suck at geom- ge- geography, it is in the upper left-hand corner of the United States, if you're looking on a map. Geometry and geography. Did I say geometry? You said both a little bit. But but both both make sense. You I know? mean, both make sense, the upper sense, left yeah. corner. I was bad at both, actually. Um, mm. So... After months and months of earthquakes in 1980, Mount St. He- Helens, I can't say it. Um, just well, you c- want to say like St. Helena, because that's another island, I think. But, oh, maybe. Because I remember when I was doing my middle school presentation, the partner I had mm-hmm. kept saying Mount St. Helena, and my teacher kept like, no, 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 no. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hopefully he listens to this and he's like, you know what? I should have practiced. We still got an A. It's cool. Okay. Oh. 
humble humble brag (laughs) everyone is jealous now i know um so after months and months of earthquakes in 1980 mount saint helens couldn't take it anymore and it erupted sending lava ash and fumes in every direction for multiple miles yeah so um the mount saint helens major eruption of may 18th 1980 remains the deadliest and most economically destructive volcano event in u.s history whoa yes um it's reported that the blast from the eruption in 1980 was 500 times more powerful than the atomic bomb that hit hiroshima hiroshima Mm. which is crazy yeah for sure um the blast destroyed over 100 miles of land and in the you know um if it was the center of the circle um <laughs> and um apparently it rained ash for days afterward um 57 people were killed 200 homes 47 bridges 15 miles of railways railways and 185 miles of highway were destroyed you know 57 people that's insanely low I, that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. but i mean it is in the middle of a national park and so yeah. you know people don't really live near the near the mountain yeah i guess so um but you would think it would be a lot more than 57 yeah, for, for 100 mile radius i mean yeah like literally um so a massive debris avalanche triggered by a magnitude 5.1 earthquake at the time of the eruption um caused a lateral eruption that reduced the elevation of the mountain summit from 9677 feet uh to 8600 uh Three eight thousand three hundred sixty three feet. So it literally changed the elevation of the mountain by a thousand feet. Yeah, it's like when you take off your high heels at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or um, taking off your chacos and losing yeah, an inch chaco. and a half. Yeah, <laughs> lose an inch and a half from my chacos. I think they're it's about less, that high. It's less than an inch for sure. How much do you want to bet? I'll bet you. Yeah, look up the height of what, a chaco. What the usual bet? I'll just go get my chacos from downstairs. There's How no way it's an inch and a half. That's insane. High is a chaco sandal. Hold on. Oh my gosh. How like tall? 0.85 inches, I bet. Oh my gosh, it's not giving me easy information. That's right. We can, I will get my chaco later and measure it, okay? Okay, fine. We'll measure it. We'll post it on our story. This is a hot. This is going to be a hot item de- of debate. I, I don't think, think it's so. Like I, think an inch. I think it's confirmed. It's less than an inch. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> we'll see. So. We'll see. Okay, it's confirmed. I don't because... need that height. All right, I'm five nine and a half. I don't. I don't care. You don't care? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we were hanging up the um. We we're hanging up our new dartboard, and I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, it's got to be exactly five feet eight inches. That's regulation. You're like, five feet eight, and I'm like, yeah, and you're like. You were eyeballing it because you thought it was the same height as me, but it's not. Oh. It's oh. not, okay? I don't know, babe. I don't know how tall you are. Um, <laughs> you know I don't know how tall I am. You know what? Continue. I don't care. You definitely you know don't what? know how tall you are because you're like, I'm 5'7". I I'm literally like, am 5'7". No, okay, sure. Okay. You are, sweetheart. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say, honey. <laughs> okay, so um, back to our uh, natural disaster. Um <laughs> to the sad part (laughs) (laughs) the debris avalanche was uh 0.6 cubic miles in volume right so think about how tall that is like the debris avalanche 0.6 cubic miles you said yeah okay um so like how far off the ground right Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to give you a scope of how big this eruption was um right um so it it caused a huge impact Mm -hmm. and after its 1980 eruption the volcano experienced continuous volcanic activity until 2008 so 28 years of continued 
activity mm-hmm. after the initial explosion. Um, you know, and after the explosion happened, it went from like looking like a little point to like looking like a crevasse. <laughs> like literally it turned into uh-huh. a bowl, basically. Um, yeah, it shot off its point. Yeah, it shot off its point. Pink. Um, <laughs> like a little bullet. Yes, except massive. Um, like a giant bullet. Like a giant Cannon. plug. <laughs> okay, so this tragedy didn't only like completely shift the town's physical, you know, the surrounding area's mm-hmm. physical properties, causing so much destruction, but also culturally after this, stories began to cultivate that the eruption was caused by or released a mystical being or monster. So the idea was a lot of people began to think that, you know, something had erupted from hell basically mm-hmm. and come out through Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Um, so people began to believe that, like I said, something was let out, um, <laughs> not just the giant cork of mm-hmm. the top of the mountain. Um, so it was believed that a creature that had been engaged in dormant hibernation within the volcano you know, in a little heated blanket long-term catnap had gotten out. Um, so it is the Batsquatch, right, is what is believed to have been released. Scary. Mm-hmm. So Batsquatch is said to be a large humanoid monstrosity uh, <laughs> clocking in at more than nine feet tall. Um, and Yeah, literally. And it is said that it, is, that it weighs more than uh, two grown grizzly bears put together. But a grizzly bear is massive, Elizabeth. Do you want to see a picture? Hold yeah, on. sure. Well, I mean, I, there's a picture on this can here. Yeah, but, but like, I don't know. They they make him look like mad buff in these pictures. Like, well, like I mean, Sasquatch is like, yeah, I know, you know. But like at the same time, it looks like he's like nonstop hitting the gym. Like he has abs and like pecs and like huge muscles everywhere. Like <laughs> I'm sure whoever drew this was like, damn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they had yeah. a thing for for bat squatch. Yeah, for they sure. had a thing for bat squatch. Like all these drawings are crazy. Um, yeah, bat squatch is pretty awesome. I like how all of it is the beer, though. <laughs> I know, seriously, everything. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is not a very well known cryptid, uh-huh. which is why I told you when I was doing my notes, it was hard to find stuff on it. Yeah. Um. So basically, um, the characteristics, right? It's said to be uh, have piercing yellow eyes, um, sort of like Mothman. Have you ever heard of Mothman before? Probably, but yeah. We're going to do an episode on him okay. too because he's really man. well known. Yeah. Cryptids are cool. Cryptids are cool. They're they're interesting for sure. Um, so piercing yellow eyes, blue tinged fur, dark um, razor sharp teeth, a wolf-like muzzle, bird-like wings, bat-like wings really, um, a broad muscle-bound torso. See, that's where that comes <laughs> yeah. from. Sure. They Rock just added solid, Rock solid, abs, pecs. just insanely cut. He could probably bench like, 850 <laughs> dreamy eyes dreamy don't, eyes don't write that down don't write that don't, down. he smells really good wait hold on no back up back up <laughs> um and it is also said that this that bat squatch has um psychic abilities right so it's said that he has telekinetic powers um that allow it to affect man-made objects like cars radios and television sets this guy's insanely powerful. Uh, He'd yeah. be a great villain. He would be a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or maybe he's just trying to mind his own business and he just yeah, erupted maybe. from a millennia of hibernation. He's like, what the heck is going on it's here? Like, yeah, I didn't ask for that. I want to go back to bed. All Actually, right, guys. I wanna, what, what would y'all do, right? Your home gets destroyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So before the first official sighting, like I said, there were a ton of rumors in the area, right, um, in Washington State, um, sort of like whispering sightings of, you know, things in the evening sky, sort of described as like large Thunderbird type creatures, like huge mm-hmm. flying creatures. Um, but there were no formal reports made until 1994. Right, so on a Saturday night in April of 1994, Brian Canfield, an 18-year-old, was driving his pickup truck down the back roads of Pierce County, Washington. Um, He was miles away from any civilization, right? On those, Mm. you know, those creepy roads where it's just blackness all around. Yeah, for sure. I hate those. Uh, Mm. When I lived in Dahlonega for school, it was like a ton. It was like basically all that. Like, Mm. um, it was very creepy. So he was driving down these back roads, um... And suddenly, all of the lights on his dashboard began to blink. Um, and without him applying any pressure to the brake, his truck's slow brakes, his truck slowly stopped. Scary. Super scary. His car stopped and refused to start back up. And so he was thinking that the best thing to do would be get out of his car and take a look at the engine to see whether there was anything visibly wrong with the with the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. 1994 so he didn't really he didn't have a cell phone with him um Mm -hmm. you know some people had cell phones i think in that time but Uh, they were expensive for sure sure. he i don't think his old pickup truck had a car phone um triple a um he didn't i don't it was out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) triple a wasn't really an option um Mm. and he was miles away from any possible pay phones right he was in the middle of nowhere um and he wasn't he was pretty familiar with the area from being a local but he got this little rumbling in his gut that said something wasn't right Mm. so instead of getting out of his truck he just kept trying to start it back up and it wouldn't start wouldn't start wouldn't start and then all of a sudden in the headlights of his car he saw something descend too far to like make out the details of it but Mm. far enough to where he could see that it was massive Mm -hmm. um he's freaking out he's sweating um probably like worried for his life oh geez you know and then all of a sudden it like swooped closer and what he saw gave him the shivers mm-hmm. um <clears throat> something descended right in front of his truck and the first thing that caught his eye when it was descending was its feet they were absolutely massive bird feet <laughs> makes me think of big bird <laughs> it's just just giant goofy looking bird feet <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, this is kind oh, of fun. This is, this is kind of... <laughs> Literally. Uh, what does Big Bird's voice sound like? Did he talk? Yeah, no, yeah, he, he talked. talked. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't really watch Sesame Street. I think I did, but it's been so long. Um, so anyways, he saw his massive bird feet, and the silhouette flew closer and descended, descended like 30 feet away from his car. It was nine feet tall, and it locked eyes with him. Um, Brian reported that he was continuing to restart his truck frantically, hoping that it would um, go back, but it had no luck. Um, And the article, an article later printed in the News Tribune, um, he was quoted saying, the thing just stared at me. The creature stood nine feet tall and his hair was blue. It had glowing yellow eyes and its head looked like a wolf with the teeth of a wolf. And it had wings that were just like the wings of a bat that spanned the entire roadway, t- roadway tip to tip. Oh my goodness. I know, terrifying. It's a big wingspan. Like, yeah, definitely. I was scared. I didn't feel threatened. I just felt really out of place. <laughs> you didn't feel threatened by you this didn't thing? Feel threatened. It had the teeth of a wolf. You it just had felt yellow social eyes. anxiety. Like, yeah. 
oh gosh this is awkward i don't know uh, am i blocking his like, way is he you, blocking my way yeah, uh, we can slide past each we other like past. what do you want to do pal? i didn't mean to offend you my car just stopped um <laughs> and he said after a few minutes the creature's hands began to twitch it began to turn its head back and forth and <laughs> back and forth at him it's like nah <laughs> nah um it was like it was re- resting and it was his time to leave the creature began to flap its wings and took off back towards mount rainier so after this um brian's engine immediately started to work again as if there was nothing wrong with it so he went and he drove home and he told his dad what was going on and his dad was like oh hell no let's go kill that thing <laughs> Okay. So they got some firearms mm-hmm. and they drove back. Oh my God. Which couldn't be me. I would yeah. never be <laughs> on that road anybody. again. I know who. Maybe anyone in Alabama would do this, but I don't know. Yeah, but this is Washington State. Like, yeah, which is surprising. Which is still country. It's just northern country, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know how what the culture's like there. My only experiences have been from watching twilight so if anyone from washington wants to give us their take mm-hmm. on this if this is like a normal cultural thing or if these people were just just go hunt something i guess people hunt a lot i guess up people there, hunt yeah. everywhere pretty much but um so they went and got firearms and they drove back with the intention of killing the bat squatch um six nine feet tall uh literally i think maybe the the dad was like one of those taxidermists who was like oh heck yeah like mm. i'm about to make a bank on this you know how expensive taxidermy is like really expensive yeah he's like this head will look great over my poker room literally he wouldn't have a southern accent though would he what would he have? What's a Canadian accent? Because <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, this would uh, look great Eastern. over my poker room. That's Minnesota. That's yeah, like... I don't know what a Washington. I don't think yeah. Washington has anyone, an accent. Anyone from Washington, please call into the show right now. <laughs> right now, tell us what, <laughs> yeah, what yeah, you talk sound to us like. For a <laughs> We're gonna lose anyone who anyone from Washington's already like, I'm out. I hate these people. Like, no, they're into it. They're gonna be like, oh, a chance to educate. Because I feel like yeah, because people on the people internet are, are so nice. Yeah, well, people from Washington might be nice. I yeah, they know. might be. I don't know. So close to Canada and you Seattle, know. and you know, well, Seattle's just depressing. Well, that's why they're so nice. They they have to bring joy. That's right. Into the yeah, world. They have to fake the joy. Yeah. Okay. So um, they drove back to the site where Brian saw it, and he was originally um, they were originally going to kill it, but they weren't able to find it. Um, and Brian's friends actually, after he told them, were the ones who dubbed it. Bat Squatch, you know, a mix of Batman and Sasquatch. <laughs> or just a bat. I know, but, you know, at the time it was pop culture, so it was uh-huh. the mix of the two is the 90s. I guess so, so yeah. What well, was 80s or 90s? It was, this was 1994. This was okay. eight, 14 years after the original explosion, um, and it was, you know, the, the stories had been circulating for a mm. while of something in the woods. Um, so Brian was originally really hesitant to go forward with his story to any news outlets, um, but his friends encouraged him to from like what a crazy story it was. Um, he just was worried that it was going to look like he was looking for attention or that he was crazy or people would say he was like on drugs because he was actually a very straight edge like kid who, you know, really didn't get in trouble. Well, Brian, that's exactly what it looks like. But go on, go on. Sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> normal people don't see cryptids. For that's the right. most part. I don't know. He um, was clearly um, either under the influence we don't or know he was that. just very tired driving home you from know his what? long shift. <laughs> I know. We don't know, Brian. No, it could be real. Batsquatch. It could be real. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is no one has ever seen Batsquatch and... No one has ever seen Batman and Sasquatch, and Sasquatch in the same room. Sasquatch in the room. same room. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, no one has ever seen Batman in a room or Sasquatch in a um, room either. <laughs> I have literally seen Batman like 
Oh, have you? At Universal Studios. Oh, the real one. Yeah. Like he was, he must have been on vacation or Mm. something. Um, Anyways, um, (laughs) uh, however, Brian wasn't the only one who claimed to have an experience with the Bat Squatch. Um, In 1998, an anonymous trucker who was hauling logs in northern Oregon claimed to have hit Bat Bat Squatch. Um, So the trucker originally, you know, described his event. Uh, He contrasted with um, uh, Brian's story and said that the creature he hit was 15 feet tall. 15? 15 feet tall. (laughs) Maybe he grew. Yeah. I mean, that's what a total this truck. What is this? With a purple nose and eyes and littler wings. Um, And then additionally, in 2009, a group of hikers were making their way up Mount Shasta when they reported seeing a flying humanoid creature with bat-like features. How tall? They described what they saw as a man. Um, oh my gosh, this is so funny. It's very 90s or 2000s. Uh, stocky as Hulk Hogan with leathery, <laughs> <laughs> with leathery wings 50 feet from one end to the other. Yeah, with he looks face like of a he could have won WrestleMania. He literally, <laughs> I know. Everyone's just like, damn, this guy is fucking built. Like everyone's obsessed with his physique. Oh my God. You know what? I mean, it's diet culture um <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> um so yeah so despite these conflicting details uh, both of these accounts have been added to the lore of the bat squatch as additional proof mm-hmm. so um you know with the frogman like there was a festival and a play i've so wanted to have a play for bat squatch um <sighs> I, I couldn't find anything, so I feel like this is our opportunity to collaboratively. If we were writing a musical about Bat Squatch, what would the plot be? About Bat Squatch? Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so here's what it is. Um, <clears throat> I feel like Bat Squatch is like the Grinch. Okay. Oh, okay. So he got exploded from his mountain. All he wanted to do was just chill up there. All he wanted, he's an introvert. That's right. He's an introvert. He just wanted to hang out on his mountain. Just wanted to have his protein powder. Earth decided to erupt him out of there. So then he had to come down to Whoville. And now everyone's just like trying to hunt him, trying to run him over in their cars. He just wants to chill, suck some blood, um, be uh, whatever whatever Sasquatch does, you know, (laughs) chop down wood with his bare hands, like build a little cabin. Yeah, yeah. And he just wanted to be on his mountain, but Earth said no, thank you. So um, I think that's the whole thing about Bat Squatch. So now he's trying to fit into society. Yes, that doesn't want him. That is rejecting him. My gosh, we could have scenes (laughs) like Bat Squatch goes to the grocery store. That's right. <laughs> or Bat Squatch downloads Tinder. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's like, oh, do you remember those like Allstate commercials before it was Mayhem? I'm pretty sure like it was like Sasquatch like commercials oh, or something stupid like that. With him just like navigating everyday life? It or? was something like, I remember I remember him being like on a golf course. I remember him like, yeah, I, something like that. <laughs> and he, so it's a fish out of water kind of tale. Uh, exactly. And I then like that. He, it's sort of like Frankenstein if Frankenstein had ended better with no murder. And <laughs> okay. it's all about Bat Squatch. He thinks he has successfully to successfully gets in. Right. Yeah. Bat Squatch thinks he has to change himself to fit in, but actually he's fine just as he is. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and everyone ends up loving him, and he oh gets gosh, voted the mayor yes. of California or, or something because <laughs> of his physique. Because of his physique, um, or, Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, no, he opens up. How about he opens up his own mountaineering store? And okay, that's... yeah, he he. All right, he is the ultimate franchisee of REI. 
Okay, speaking of REI, okay. that like literally ties in perfectly to my last point. Um, so Rogue Brewing and REI actually had an event together mm. about Bat Squatch in 2019. Awesome. So sad we missed it. I, yeah, I wish I, I would have been there actually. I know, me too. That sounds like it'd be so fun. But um, they, uh, yeah, they had an event, the first ever Bat Squatch Festival um, in Rogue's Eastside Pub and Pilot Brewery. Um, the festival doubled as a launch party for REI's Camp Monsters podcast, which is actually a podcast that you can listen to. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's about cryptids. Um, That's awesome. And they served a lot. This was right when Bat Squatch Beer came out. Nice. They served a lot of it. Um, and they had like fun activities related to camping, like axe throwing, s'mores eating, face painting, and live music by the Pagan Jug Band. Um, and all the proceeds benefited um, Camp Yakanda. Camp Uconda, which I think is like um, a chari charitable organization mm -hmm. outreach program. So cool. So I'm sad we missed it. I looked it up. There have been no other Bat Squatch festivals. Oh, it's damn. a shame. It's a crying shame. It is, yeah. Because yeah. I like this beer and I think it's a funny name. So yeah, and it's a funny <laughs> cryptid and stuff mm -hmm. too. So so yeah, I wanted to cover it today. And um, Bat Squatch, if you're out there, like just come chill. Just come you know? chill. Come by. We'll give you some beer. Have an IPA with us. Yeah, have an IPA with us. Tell us your workout routine because we need it. <laughs> That's right. We're definitely not like Hulk Hogan. Hulk yeah. What you Hogan drink behemoths. as a child? How do we get to nine feet yeah. or fifteen feet tall? Yeah, please I mean, tell us because we're we're looking for that extra inch in our tacos. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so let us know. Um, you think he just wears a shoe that gives him an extra six feet? What if he's actually on stilts? <laughs> but he like. <laughs> that's right it's like what they're not six feet i swear they're, they're less than an inch these stilts are okay these i don't need them stilts <laughs> why would i need still they're landing gear for my flights <laughs> oh my goodness mm -hmm. but yeah bat squatch bat very squatch. fun i like yes. bat squatch that's cool i liked it too i thought it was fun i still need mm. to try the beer i haven't tried it yet oh, yeah, go for it i didn't even drink half of it yet you know i i didn't taylor didn't pour me one because i'm not the biggest ipa fan you're not i have that like gene i think that makes certain things taste like soap like i don't like cilantro because it tastes gross yeah um i so can we'll see that see. yeah <clears throat> yeah because i mean hops and different yeast strains give a lot of different flavors off so yeah oh, you made the worst face I've oh ever that was seen. not my favorite <laughs> you know what i'm sure it's delicious for people who like ipas i'm a fan and yeah. it's like i like half of it like i just wish i could taste the, take the soapy taste out um because mm -hmm. it is fruity and delicious before like the yeah the soap hits you just all the hops all the hops oh ladies pro tip because this is our listenership is 94 percent women hi girlies um uh, welcome also hi guys uh tell your friends about us hello um, guy hello <laughs> <laughs> who do we think it is who's our male listener uh i don't know because i mean i listen you know well, oh my God, what if it's just it on, what if it's what if you're our male i promise listener? you it's not just me no it's I, not because we have a lot, a lot more episodes, yeah. we have we consistently have about six percent of our listeners are guys so oh. it's probably a couple or yeah, multiple a few, guys, a guys um who are just really into it <laughs> you're so <laughs> welcome here we love you thank you for thank listening you, yeah. um but, my segments for you guys but yeah <laughs> Pro tip for our ladies, listen to this episode and now you'll know all about the Bat Squatch beer. That's right. So when, you know, the guy you're into, your hinge date is like asking or you. Or, or girl. Or girl. Um, who's into IPAs. I'm sure some girls are. Lots of girls out there. There's yeah. a lot of girls out there into IPAs. I, I shouldn't stereotype. I feel that's like. Right. That's terrible, Liz. Come on. It's 2023. What am I doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, talk about Bat Squatch beer and mm -hmm. get yourself some brownie points and look knowledgeable. So. That's right. 
Yeah. Genius. Genius. So you said the, your portion today is for the boys. Not too. really. No, I was oh, just okay. trying to do a little segue, but it didn't make any sense. So you anyway. <laughs> anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, my topic tonight is about family game night. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So family game night um, has always been one of my favorite parts of my entire life. So I, I can't even count the number of times that I've actually played like, you know, Star Wars Risk or like Scrabble on my parents' fancy board or mm-hmm. um, we had Lord of the Rings Monopoly as well. Ooh. Very fun. Very fun. And um, it's always just a lot of fun to try and like, you know, beat your family at like a basic, you know, board game. Definitely. And, um, yeah, it's probably part of the reason why I'm just like so competitive as a person, you know. Your what, mom and I were actually mm, talking about this. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like to win. Like I like to figure stuff out and um, see what like the optimal strategy is for, for everything uh-huh. because that way you, you know, can repeat it and figure out the, the right way to do it every yeah. time. But Yeah, whatever. definitely. No, we were talking about it and she was like, I think it was, she was saying something like, you know, being the younger brother um, and also, you know, um, trying to compete with, you know, uh, your brother, him being older, like as a younger sibling and stuff like that, just you want to win mm. so badly and they're just a little too big. So they're harder to beat at things when you're little. So that was um, her theory. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, board games always like even the playing field. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like in sports, like, of course, he was always going to be like a little bit. I mean, he was, like any any older siblings can be better than you, yeah, like slightly. Parker's two years older than you. <clears throat> yeah, two and a half, I think, is, yeah. is accurate. So yeah, Caleb yeah. and I were always very competitive when it came mm. to like organized events or uh-huh. board games or something like that. But, but yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, so uh, we we just bought my mom Disney trivia for mm-hmm. her birthday. Um, played that. I did win because I'm the best. But um we you actually answered. I feel like you answered most of the questions, right? At least the ones I didn't know because um I don't know, I guess you're more plugged into like Disney movies and stuff. Um yeah, more than I am for sure. I worked with kids for like I mean mm-hmm. teenagers for like 4 years, so I've seen all of them several times. Yeah. For sure. Um but yeah, but anyways, according to google.com, the most popular board games of all time are chess checkers monopoly and scrabble oh my so, gosh what with what like <clears throat> a most purchased so uh chess and checkers obviously two-person game so mm-hmm. we're not going to cover that you know there's plenty of strategy involved but um i'm not gonna make you a chess grandmaster in this you know 25 minute segment of this podcast so um i will not be covering those um and they're also never played at family nights um so scrabble is as well or scrabble is you know played often but it's like, I don't know, I'm not going to teach you words. That's not fun podcasting. <laughs> so so anyways, my goal tonight is to make sure that you are the favorite at your next family game night where you are playing Monopoly, <gasps> which oh my is gosh, basically perfect. the most purchased family game, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. like, it started on the list. and Capitalism, no baby. Stuff. But yeah, that's <laughs> right. A capitalism um, game is the most popular game. Shocking. Um, but anyways, I've played this game way too much in my life, um, so... For the first time ever, I will divulge my secrets to everyone. <gasps> oh my gosh! In the podcast world, on Ashley's how I like taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, who won? I think Ashley might have won last yeah, time. Yeah, she did win. She's pretty good. But yeah, that's all just a part of variance. Which, uh, but yeah. But anyways, so um, I was a hundred percent going to cover this topic, and then um, I was on my phone today, and I kept getting ads for Monopoly and these Monopoly videos on YouTube, and so I put one on when I was in the shower. And then Liz walked like by the bathroom and I walked out. She's like, 
hey, um, were you watching a Monopoly video? And I'm like, well, yeah. So I was going to cover this regardless. Okay, I didn't need this Monopoly video to talk about all my thoughts on Monopoly. It just happened to be there, and so I clicked on it. So anyways, these are these are mostly, you know, personal information. YouTube algorithm just, you know, got to me or whatever. So um, anyways, we'll go ahead and get started. So, <laughs> so to start, um, you have to understand the basics of Monopoly, of course. So the only way to win the game is to be the last person with money standing, basically. So you achieve this by having other people land on your property, and then they pay you rent. Um, and uh, you basically need to buy the properties that have the best return on investment. You need to limit the financial return of your opponents, and then you need to get lucky with your dice rolls. So those are basically the three main components that you want to succeed in and those are probably what we'll be covering today. Maybe I'll go on a quick like aside every now and then, but we'll see. All right, so to start with the first category. Um, so what properties have the best ROI, also known as return on investment capitalism? Mm. What do you think, Liz? Um, I don't think, obviously not the, the cheaper properties. Those ones, I mean, the most rent you can get is like pretty low. But also I don't think the most expensive properties because there's only two of them. So I think that it's like the one, two, three, the third side, three the third edge. light blue. Oh, wait, no, the third, no, the third edge, edge. So the third, right? So you okay, start so the third side of the board. The third would side be of the board, red and yellow. Yeah, I think red and yellow are pretty much, or that whole corner up until like Park Place and Boardwalk. Okay, so red, yellow, green. I think those are the ones that would be the best, right? Okay, possibly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, for this, you have to understand that the most likely spot to land on is jail. Ooh, Interesting. Think about that. And now this is because you either land on it, so you land on jail when, right. you, when you're passing go, when you start the game, or you land on the space that takes you directly to jail, which is pretty common. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's also community chest and chance cards that take you directly to jail. So basically the whole idea of why you end up there the most is because there's a square that stops your progress and takes you directly to jail before you go around. And then there's multiple other cards that basically stop your progress and take you straight there. Um, so it is, without a doubt, the most landed on square, or the, the square that you're probably going to be occupying, whether you're in jail or just visiting. So because of that, we have to think about... All right, so let's think about a way to capitalize on that. So just think about dice in general. You know, you have two dice. They are, you know, one through six. And, you know, the most likely combination is a total of seven. So think about if you're playing craps at a casino, seven is what ends all the action. It's because it's the most common one. That's why the casino picked it. All right. And then the next most likely is going to be a combination of six or eight and then five or nine. So the way the math works out is you have a 67% chance, a two out of three chance of landing on a roll between five and nine every time you roll the dice. So next step, how do we capitalize on these two pieces of information? Hmm. Mm. All right. So if we're most likely to land on the jail square and we're most likely to roll a five or a nine per roll, then our distribution is heavily skewed towards the orange properties. Ooh, Ooh there you go. Where are the orange ones? So the orange ones are before the red, yellow side. So they're on the second side wall and they're before the, they're after the jail and they're before the free parking square. You know where that is? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So anyways, yeah. So your distribution of, of where you roll and how often you land, it's going to be heavily skewed towards the orange properties, at least on like what you're going to be returning your investment on. Got it. So the best way to attack Monopoly on any given round is to pretty much acquire the oranges by any means necessary. By any means necessary? I would say by any means necessary. Um, and now this is just my personal strategy and some videos confirmed it with me. But um, it's also a decent bet to get the properties next to orange because you're also likely you know, to land you know, mm -hmm. short of them and then land you know, a little further on your next roll, on the second roll. So those are light blues and those are reds as well. Got it. Okay. Um, but for the most part, those are the hot spots on the Monopoly map. Okay. Um, and that's mainly because, going back to the first topic most roads are going to lead you back to that jail square you know yeah. it's not going to be like you know 50 percent your land jail square but it's very heavily distributed towards you going to jail a good chunk of, of your round mm -hmm. <clears throat> all right so there you go so next topic we're going to talk about how to limit the financial potential of your opponents so because the jail square is so popular the opposite side of the board is going to be inherently less popular mm -hmm. right Right. So that means greens, the dark blues, which are, you know, park place and boardwalk, the purples, which are the measly ones, the pinks, um, those are going to be less and less likely to get landed on. And it makes sense because, you know, the square that you're most likely to go to, you're not going to be going backwards. So you're only going to be going forwards and you're only you're really only going to be on the opposite half of the board for the most part. So you don't really want to invest too heavily on the other half of the board right well and those expensive properties they like clean you out like mm -hmm. putting and the odds of landing on them on them are so low you know so like they look really good right because the rent is so high but like no one's gonna land on it mm-hmm mm -hmm. that is true yeah so to the basic person i will say um like there's a massive return on those properties like if you land on yeah. boardwalk and you have a hotel on it they're paying you two thousand dollars which is awesome pretty neat yeah but that's the best way to sell it to your opponent. So oh. the only way to acquire, you know, a monopoly in most scenarios is making trades because it's very hard to land Definitely. on three properties that no one else has purchased mm -hmm. and for you to buy them. So basically, you're going to have to make some trades at some point. So basically, you want to sell pretty much anything that isn't like oranges, light blues, or reds and try to get those properties. And most of the time, you're like, hey, like, I'll give you boardwalk for an orange plus like you know what i mean right because you want the oranges like honestly I'd, I'd do an orange for for a boardwalk pretty much straight up if i already have an orange but that's the like, thing if you yeah. if it but most people your... see the value in the mm -hmm. dark blue or see the perceived value in the dark blue and they're willing to take a deal almost no matter what definitely so anyway so that's one way you know you can leverage that in a trade to acquire a red or an orange property plus you know and it's basically just free money on the other hand, if someone has, you know, two red properties and you want to block them with your own red property, you should avoid giving them that in a trade as much as possible. That way they can't get the monopoly, they can't put houses on it, and they can't build up and basically, you know, realize their their equity if you if you will. So at Makes the most sense. yeah, at the most they're gonna get like, you know, twelve dollars if you land on their property. Mm -hmm. But if they get, you know, a couple houses on there, they get a full monopoly, they could be getting, they could do some you know, serious yeah, they damage. Could be getting like 900 bucks or whatever. Right. Um, so anyways, same goes if um, you can acquire the piece of someone else's monopoly in a trade. So like, you know, obviously you play with multiple people. If, you know, Timmy has two reds, Johnny has one red, try to get Johnny's one red because right. then you either have a ton of leverage in your trade mm -hmm. or you're just going to block him out and he's never going to advance in the game. So just think about that when you're trading, you know. 
Um, there's going to be some give and take, you know, if Johnny has two reds and one orange and you have two oranges and one red, like... It makes sense. It makes sense to, you know, do a mutually beneficial trade. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. just always make sure you're nickel and diming people because people <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah, this is this is also Taylor's uh, foolproof way to lose your friends. Um, Screw them. Okay, we want to win the game, <laughs> all right? They'll, they'll right. understand if this they're your real friends. This is competitive okay? monopoly. That's right. They'll, right. If they're your real friends, they'll understand capitalism and how the world works. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Definitely, they'll understand yes. you're just trying to win Monopoly. <laughs> right, it's not personal. It's just business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So so now, if you aren't able to acquire a Monopoly on your preferred colors, um, you can still, you know, kind of hoard in other ways. So um, Monopoly does actually have a limit on the hotels and houses. And that's for a reason, you know? Right. It's like once you actually run out, like you can't just pretend like, oh, I'll just put like, you know, two houses above my properties and it counts for all of them. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like there's a limit on houses. So basically if you run out of houses, you can't advance on your properties. And that's one way to block other people. So Mm -hmm. basically if you're going to land on the light purples or light, yeah, purples, and you want to block the people that do have the good oranges and red monopolies, buy some houses and just hoard, you know, three houses each uh-huh. on your cheap ones that so that's expensive. a good strategy right for like the browns or something like that too you can exactly keep... i was saying purple i meant browns I yeah think. the browns yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly Definitely. Yeah. keep the houses out of other people's hands because they're cheaper and those people won't be able to realize their return on investment that's that's really interesting could you liquidate those and then again apply them to yours on your turn so when you do purchase a house it costs you full price, and mm-hmm. then if you sell it back, you only get back 50%. Right, but for the Browns, that's not too bad if you ensure yeah. no one else gets it. But I guess so. So, yeah, but that is one way, you know, to do it, you know, is kind of hoarding those. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, but you're instantly losing 50% on your that's investment. True. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. But basically, last up, you, you want to think about the basic strategy of dice roll. So we will get into that in just a second. But, excuse me. We already know that you're hitting a five through nine on two thirds of your rolls. So we need to be thinking about this pretty much every turn. So if you're ever debating on whether to build, you know, houses on your properties or to hoard your money, you have to analyze the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're about seven spaces away from danger, you know, give or take roughly, it's definitely a good idea to hold on to your money or possibly, you know, make a trade where you're going to get a little extra cash or something that's liquid something that's not a house because a house you're only going to return 50%. Right. But if you mortgage your property, you're going to get that mortgage value back. And then if you try to buy it back, you're basically paying the same mortgage value. Exactly. Whether so it's if not you're, a Yeah, loss. if you're buying a house, you're either paying for the house and getting 50%, and then you're still paying full price for the house the next time. Mm-hmm. So you're still having to pay twice as much money. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's always good to have, you know, that flexibility in your financial department if you're in the danger zone, okay? Mm-hmm. If Let's someone say, entered just mm-hmm. now, they probably would think we're like a financial podcast. We are a financial podcast. Rather yeah. than we're talking about <laughs> a, right. a board game. We are not one of those finance bros. I'm sorry. No, we are not. You came to the wrong place. Exit mm-hmm. now. We just want you to win in Monopoly. In Monopoly. That's it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, on the other side, if you are about 20 spaces away from any danger and you know your opponents have hotels over there, but you don't have to worry about them. But your opponents are in your danger zone, you know, like if they're within range where you're going to capitalize on it, then go ahead and throw the last of your cash on, you know, building a house or two onto your properties because, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're basically just playing the odds. Like odds are you're going to realize that money back 
if before they land you on get... one of your things before you get back into the danger zone. Right. Now, um, sure, there's always a ton of variance when it comes to Monopoly. You know, we're basically playing a game of dice, you know, like mm -hmm. stuff happens. So the dice aren't always going to roll the way you want. Um, and, you know, sometimes you'll just crush people. Sometimes you'll lose and people will make fun of you, um, like what happened to me last time. But if you always are putting the odds in your favor with these little tips, then you are going to absolutely crush your family and friends. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and you'll you'll all have fun, of course, but you will win a family game night and you'll feel superior. So I love there that. You go. I love it. Um, we need to buy Monopoly. We don't own it, actually. We have, Monop we have Monopoly Builder. Oh, we do. Yeah, that's true. I, I think there's another wrinkle or two in that game, but it's that pretty much the same some, game. Some, yeah. What are your favorite house rules? Favorite house rules? All right, so apparently in like regular Monopoly, I've always played where any money that you, mm -hmm. you know, like if you pay a luxury tax or like anything like that, anything that you draw in community chest, it goes to the middle. And then if you land on free parking, you get that cash. Yeah. For some reason, people don't do that. And it just it is so stupid. So right. I think that's really dumb. Um, um, and then another one, I do like giving um, free rides. I like that doing, too. When you're doing deals yeah. in Monopoly. Like you land on me once, you don't have to pay anything if you exactly. give me this property. Because like in the long run, of course, it's like whatever. If you, all right, so if you offer someone immunity like one time in order to like, you know, kind of lube the wheels to make a deal right. go through. It's going to help you it out has significantly in the, yeah. in the long run. But they'll be like, oh, my God, immunity. That's great. Uh -huh. so, so yeah. yeah, I like those two rules for Monopoly for sure. That one's a good one. Um, very cool. You know, I think it's going to set people up for success. I think so. They're, I think going, so. they're going to crush your family. I know. If you get a text, um, you know, from someone you know that says, let's play Monopoly, say, hell yeah. That's and right. then lie and say i'm a beginner i don't know what i'm doing yeah or just next game night here's what you do you go to walmart you buy a 20 dollars thing of monopoly and you just show up with be like oh i've never played this do y'all want to play it and they're like yeah 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 and then you destroy them because you'll be hustling them they'll have no idea because you showed up with a brand new box right monopoly. for fake money yeah that's right <laughs> well is yeah, so you can maybe you can gamble on it but who knows oh <laughs> some people some people may do that. Um, Play Monopoly with real money. That'd be funny. That would not be funny. That would be really rough. Mm -hmm. um, that would be cool, actually. Everyone yeah. throws down like a thousand bucks. Jeez. That's a No, idea. thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do that. Um, you and I can do that with each other. With our money. <laughs> with our collective money, yeah. Yeah, I guess no one would lose, so that's fine. I guess that's true. Um, well, like we said, we're going to come your way with our side quest episode in a couple of days. So be on the lookout for that. That's right. Look out. Look out. Look, look out. Oh my God. Whoa. It's Bat Squatch. He's right behind you. Oh my gosh. I'm Bat Squatch. Wow. Hey, Mr. Bat Squatch. Um, what pre-workout do you use? Hey, it's C4 creatine and a powdered mix. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I do a thousand setups a day. Bat Squatch out. Wow. And everyone, that was the first recorded evidence of Bat Squatch ever on, on audio. So you're Ms. welcome. Taylor, I went to the bathroom. Was someone in this room? No. That wasn't me? No, babe. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. okay. Smells like feet and wolf. <laughs> <laughs> smells like bird feet and wolf head. <laughs> well, anyways, th thank you for sticking with us for this whole episode. This is definitely a longer one, but. Oh, was it? Oh, um, I didn't Yeah, where did we clock in at? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hour let's 10, see. I feel like. Hour two, so not too bad. Hour two, yeah, we're usually about an hour. Yeah, about That's an good. hour. Mm -hmm. um, well, you can find us on Instagram, um, mm -hmm. Spotify, Apple Music, um, you know, all the places. Any of the socials. Any of the socials. We're trying to put some stuff on TikTok. We're old, so please be patient. What's um, TikTok? 
Yeah, you know what TikTok <laughs> is. Don't play them. Um, but yeah, you can find us on TikTok as well. Um, and that's all we've got for you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you like us a lot, if you like like us, leave us a nice review. Um, and yeah, we will see you in a couple of days. And thank you for dining at Brody's Midnight Cafe. We're out. We're out.